Greetings, adventurers and dungeon masters alike. Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Screen. I'm your host and dungeon master guide, Brady. So this episode, we're going to continue our journey of creating slash homebrewing your own campaign. Last episode, we talked about the the basis of creating the world itself. So uh, if you missed that episode, head back and listen to it. Uh, it kind of covers actually making the the world itself, like the lands and things like that, and the terrain features. Uh, so go back and listen to that. So uh, these episodes do kind of build on each other, uh, while you can jump in pretty much anywhere you wanted to and learn about one certain thing or get some tips on a specific topics or a topic. Uh, it will most likely help to listen to these in sequential order. Uh, so just please bear that in mind as we discuss these topics and, and as we go forward. So today, we will be focusing on the inhabitants and the civilizations found across your lands. Um, whenever I create a world, I, I just love creating backstory for the places, the people, and everything. I, I don't really know why. I think it's just I like to create and stuff like that. So... Um, I don't really know, but I, I just love it. So you can be as detailed as you like or as vague as you would like. It's it's all up to you. So just keep that in mind whenever you're doing this um, and listening to this. I'm going to be speaking more from a place of everything having a reason for being how and where it is. Because I, I just like everything to have, you know, a reason why it's there. And, you know, the backstory and the story that you can play off of and your characters can play off of is just... Um, I, I like doing that, so, you know, that's that's where I'm coming from with this. But lands are, you know, nothing without their people and vice versa. So I, I feel like there's kind of a synergy when it comes to civilizations and their cultures in reference to the lands. Because when creating these, it comes back to something we touched on in the last episode, which informs which. Do you place your terrain features first and then place your inhabitants around them? Or do you want to place your inhabitants first and then design the terrain around them? Uh, so that's something you got to think about kind of a little bit ahead of time uh, whenever you are making your stuff here and, and thinking about how the flow of things will be. So there, there is merit to both of these methods, and we'll kind of discuss both of them uh, as we go through this. Um, but we'll just kind of touch on each. But we'll, we'll start with my favorite method, uh, which is placing the terrain first and then the inhabitants. So I, I like this method because it feels more kind of organic to me and natural because I, I like to visualize and form my land how I like it and then think if I was this race of people or this type of creature how and where would I settle and why would I settle here um, so to me this really helps get in the head of the inhabitants and, and start forming the basis of their civilizations so it's just a good way to kind of start thinking okay well you know, they're drow, so they're underground, so there's mountains here. So, okay, maybe they'll be in there. Maybe there's something, there's also dwarves in, the, in those mountains and hills. And <laughs> sound like an old prospector. There's dwarves in them there hills. But, you know, it's just, I like to place the land and terrain first and let that inform how my civilizations and, and inhabitants will be. So, um, as opposed to picking where you want them first and then shaping the land around them, it just kind of feels a little bit more not as organic and flowy to me, but some people can make it work. And if that works better for you, for you, then go for it. But, uh, I'm going to be mostly talking in the method of placing your terrain first and then placing your civilizations around your terrain features. 
So let's get into developing your cultures and civilizations and inhabitants. Um, I like to make my worlds pretty diverse with lots of varieties of cultures and inhabitants. Um, I just think it helps keep things, you know, kind of spicy. Uh, but remember, this is your world and you can do things however you want. And, um, you know, if you want this to be only a world of one type of race of people, so you just want it to all be humans or you want it to all be elves or dwarves or whatever, you can do that. Or is this a land where there's only like three races left from wars that have been raging over the centuries and the past millennia? And it's just down to these last remaining three. So there's remnants of, you know, these old civilizations or people around. Um, or is it just a wide and varied land? Uh, these are all pretty important things to consider that have a pretty big impact on the world. Because if it's only one race of people, you know, let's just say just humans, even within human cultures, there's all different sorts of types of, you know, people that can be, you know, the desert-dwelling people or the forest-dwelling people or the mountain-dwelling people or the plains-dwelling people, you know, are they tribes or are they civilized-type people with big sprawling cities or big trade, you know, things going on like that. So it's just something you need to think of early on because how these people interact, that's going to be a big part of your world. Um, but I'm, I'm mainly going to be talking about a, a classical fantasy world with typical fantasy races, uh, specifically the the fifth edition handbook, kind of the base races that come come in the the handbook. So that's going to be where I'm coming from. So just bear that in mind as well. So first off, uh, speaking of the handbook, a good thing to do is to become familiar with the races in the handbook. And again, we're going to be I'm going to be mainly speaking. In the 5th edition base player's handbook races, just your basic uh, races that you start off with. So that's kind of where we'll be coming from. So just bear that in mind. Uh, or if you need you know, a refresher, you can go back to our first season and listen to our races episodes. Um, just to kind of give you a brief overview and a, an introduction to each of the races. And then you can pick up a player's handbook or the free PDF online of the base races and read over that. Or you can just go online and get on Reddit or any other place, D&D Beyond, uh, Dungeon Masters Guild, uh, Unearth, Unearthed Arcana, any of those places, and read up on the races. Because becoming familiar with the races will help you a lot with all of the culture and history and lore of each race. Um, that might help dictate where one race may settle or one you know one group of people may be and why they settled there. So it helps to have... That, that base knowledge. And what I like to use is just the base knowledge of those races or their cultures and then tweak things depending on where they're located in the world. So, you know, let's say drow. You know, they live underground and they're in the underdark and stuff like that. But do I want these certain drow to have sort of migrated up into caverns and tunnels in these mountains so they're more kind of a surface close to the surface crust i guess you could say drow or maybe they've come in contact with other dwarves that they encountered inside the mountain or, or something like that or um good examples for not really tweaking things but having a little bit of variety take the elves for example as drow or elves but you've got your base elves uh, so then you've got like your high elves. So those are the ones that you think 
in like Rivendell and Lord of the Rings, the very fancy, elegant, um, intelligent, immortal creatures that they are. Um, and then you've also got the, uh, the forest elves who are the more scrappy, rough and tumble, uh, you know, kind of jumping through the trees with, uh, you know, their wooden armor that they've made from bark and stuff like that. Uh, so, you know, those are good, good places to think about how even a base race can be varied and changed and stuff like that. And, um, I, I like to mix things up with veteran players whenever, uh, I'm playing with a group that have been around for a while or have played several campaigns. Um, I like to modify certain aspects of different cultures, um, especially things like where they're found and just kind of turn it on its head. So, uh, for example, I had, I keep talking about drow, but I had some drow that for whatever reasons that I came up with, they were actually surface dwelling and they didn't come out much, but they came out in, you know, dusk and dawn and they were out there, you know, doing stuff like that, but they were above ground and out of the underdark and that kind of made things interesting. And then they got into why they got, maybe were expelled or kicked out or stuff like that. Um, so, um, you know, it's a good way to mix things up and maybe you just want to break stereotypes, you know, make dwarves live in a forest or have some reason for some drow again to live above ground or some elves, uh, to have taken, you know, off up into the top of a mountain and live up there for some reason, you know, whatever, but use this base knowledge to either keep things just as they are in the handbooks or make it your own, uh, for whatever story reasons that you have, or just whatever you feel like doing that these people and inhabitants, um, have migrated to certain areas or live in, live in certain areas. Next, uh, when considering these inhabitants placement, think, is this place where they have settled important to them historically, magically, or spiritually? You know, what, what reasons have these people settled in this place that you're putting them? You know, give them, give them a reason, give them, you know, a story of while they're there. Is this a place where an important deity of their faith came down hundreds of years ago and did some sort of miracle or handed a hero, you know, a mighty sword to vanquish the evil person in the land? Uh, or is this a side of a peace treaty that was signed after centuries of fighting between clans that, you know, people came there to memorialize this signing and it just sort of sprang into a city and over the years it turned into a bigger city and then became this big sprawling metropolis um or is this where there is a high concentration of arcane power uh, that feeds these people's magical abilities or you know is it something as simple as is there some military advantage at this place um or are there just some type of rare plants that grow in this area so they're guarded by a sacred tribe or is it just a really pretty place that someone thought, hmm, I want to settle here and uh, start a city here because it'll have some pretty rad sunsets? You know, it can be as complex or as easy and simple as some of those things, however you want to do it. But you just want to give these people and these creatures or inhabitants reasons why they're there. Um, again, you can make it as detailed or as vague as you want. But this just helps keep things interesting for your players because you don't want every place that they go to. It's just like, oh, these, these are elves. Um, that's, that's pretty much it. They're just the regular elves, you know. They, uh, 
they're smart, they live forever, and uh, they all have blonde hair. Like, yeah, I mean, that works, but you want to make it neat and interesting. It's like, these elves came here and settled here because they they traveled hundreds of miles. They were, ex- you know, they were pushed from their homes from, um, you know, these dragonborn that came down from the mountains and pushed them out of their home cities and they had to migrate across the plains and they settled on this river and they formed an alliance with uh, a city of men or a city of uh, humans that were upriver and they started a trade alliance with them and they formed a big alliance and then you know that caused them later many years down the road to team back up and go fight the dragonborn but there was you know they were they summoned some big demon the dragonborns did that you know wiped out a whole entire forest and now it's this desolate place and you know just stuff like that you can start shaping the land that way and giving these inhabitants and these people and creatures and races some flavor and literally that was just that was all off the top of my head i mean it's that easy well for me it, it, i mean it might be easy for you as well but just Go with it and start seeing how things progress and just have fun with it and just, you know, do whatever you want because this, this is your world. you got to remember that. And and again, just remember there there are so many different reasons that a place can be settled or immigrated to or immigrated from. Um, but one, one good tip is to study history, just, you know, our own world history uh, or look at different cultures from around the world. Um, you know, you can look at some of the, the tribes that are still up in the Mongolian, um, foothills in the, in the mountains and see how they live or, you know, some of the more established, um, cultures that sort of have vestiges. Like one thing I always like to draw on is the bloodlines and the lineages of the European, European kings and queens and royal families, because, there's so much just crazy stuff that goes on with them, and it's stuff that's actually happened. And, you know, these can be good inspirations or jumping off points for you for forming your cultures or civilizations. So that's a good place to go and look. Um, or honestly, just read other books because you can, you don't have to steal anything in particular. And I mean, you don't have to, like, it's not stealing, but, you know, just take inspiration from and make things your own because those are always other good good sources of uh, inspiration. And um, one of the last but another important thing uh, that we're going to be talking about on this episode, um, something to consider about consider and think about is something I just kind of touched on a little bit, but think about the relations between all the inhabitants. Um, you know, is this a world where the East Coast hates the West Coast and the West Coast hates the East Coast because of a longstanding rivalry? Or are there tribes from the south that frequently go north and raid for supplies? Do elves and men get along? Do dragonborn are, are dragonborn and dwarves great allies? You know, these are just examples, but it's something that's very important to consider. Uh, let's just take, for example, the uh, example that I was given just uh, earlier that I just came up with off the top of my head. You know, where the the men and the elves became allies and. If that's just something that's more recent, it's something that you can play on in your campaign to where this is still developing and, you know, it's your players are sort of shaping how this alliance, you know, may either go for the better or go for the worse. Uh, or is this 
this alliance been longstanding for, you know, a thousand years and maybe it's starting to wear thin uh, and your players are having to come in to keep this alliance together or find the cracks in it and find the corruption and, you know, finally in this uh, alliance that's been not good for the people on, on either side for a long time because of corruption. Um, but th- those are just some examples, but, you know, that's, it can be the driving force in your campaign uh, or, you know, it could just be the dr- the backdrop of your campaign. Um, so it's just something that you want to really want to think about. And it can get pretty complex. Uh, it can be as complex, again, or as vague or as simple as you want it to be. But I find the more complexity there is, it gives it more depth and more stuff for your players to play off of and have fun with and, you know, really maybe take and make it their own if they're knowing about your world and want to create somebody that was born into this family that's one of the founders of this alliance, or maybe it's just somebody that just has been living through this alliance or, you know, whatever, just examples of things that you can do. But, um, you know, it's something, again, that can make your game that much more fun and elevated uh, and give a lot more depth and complexity to uh, for your players to, to mess around with and just kind of have fun with, which, you know, that's really all it's all this is for is for your players. It's giving them a place to have a big sandbox for them to play around with and, you know, maybe touch on certain issues in this world or, you know, whatever. You, you want to make this as fun and as, and as varied for your players just so they will have lots more to do and see and experience. So uh, that's kind of one of the big reasons that I like to make mine as varied as I do. So, uh, but just to recap, that's pretty, that's pretty much going to be it for this episode. But to recap, uh, you know, we were focusing on inhabitants and civilization creation across your lands and stuff like that. Um, kind of the big things to think about is how you want your inhabitants to be. Uh, one race across the board or many and diverse. Uh, and then the next thing you want to think about is, or have down is that base knowledge from the handbook of each race, just so you'll have more places to draw from uh, and things uh, for inspiration for jumping off points. Next thing you want to think about is the historical, magical, spiritual, or military important importance of these places that they've settled to these people. Um, so just remember that, you know, why, why are they settling where they're at? And then the last thing is the relationship between the inhabitants and where they live and where they're at and how they handle each other and interact with each other. But, uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it for this episode. Hopefully it wasn't too overwhelming, but gave you some good starting points, uh, for settling your inhabitants in your world that you're creating. And, uh, maybe after a few more episodes, I'll do a longer episode uh, and walk through the whole process of forming the land and placing the terrain and the inhabitants uh, and stuff like that uh, that will maybe let you see kind of how things go and, and the flow of creating something and also just maybe how easy and quick it can it can be uh, if you have some, some ideas that you do want to put together. But uh, I hope you've found this informative 
And if you have any feedback, questions, or suggestions for future episodes, hit us up uh, at our email at the vitamin D and D podcast at gmail.com. That's the vitamin D, the letter N D podcast at gmail.com. Uh, or hit us up on all of our social uh, social networks, which we have Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Just search vitamin D and D podcast or vitamin D and D, and we should pop up there. Uh, or check out our website, which is still very much under construction. Um, you know, uh, Patrick and myself do still have full-time jobs that we're doing and we're just doing this kind of on the side as for fun and just to help people out. So please just bear with us if some of the website stuff isn't exactly super awesome or anything. Uh, I just, I have kind of just work on it as I can go, but you can still get on there and comment or get on there and check some stuff out that we have. I've got a little bit of catching up to do, but uh, you can check up us check us out there. It's the vitamin D and D podcast dot wordpress.com. I think, um, just Google the vitamin D and D podcast or vitamin D and D podcast and should be one of the first things that pops up. So, uh, again, hope you've enjoyed this episode. Um, you know, drop by and say hi, at least on our social medias or our email, just drop by, say hi, just a little, Hey, just let us know you're out there. Uh, it'd be nice. We do want to hear from y'all. We do want to get some dialogue going and, uh, we'd, we'd love to hear from you. But other than that, take it easy and we'll see you after your long rest.